Hello guys and welcome back to another episode of The Conscious Toucan. I'm your host Senia and today is going to be a solo podcast with just me. So apologies beforehand because I have been very busy this week and there has been a lot of things going on in my life. But nevertheless, the show must go on. And today I'm going to talk about a topic that has been on my mind for the past few days. And that's the topic of downsizing. And so today's topic is downsizing and minimalist living for a more sustainable future. Now, have you guys ever heard of the movie Downsizing? Well, if you don't know, it's a 2017 American science fiction comedy drama and it stars Matt Damon and it tells the story of a guy who decides to undergo like the shrinking procedure. So he shrinks his body so he can start a new life in this tiny community. And all of this is done as a way to tackle the issues of overpopulation in the world and global warming and everything. And basically in the movie, like shrinking people down to five inches tall was perceived as the only solution to the long-term problem of climate change. Now, let's hope we never get to that extent. But let's talk realistically about downsizing or what some may call it nowadays as minimalism can actually, uh, so it can actually be one solution that we can consider. So just as a reference, I am in the middle of reading this book. Uh, It's called Hot, Flat and Crowded by Thomas L. Friedman. And there was something written along the line of how American consumers want bigger and bigger cars, whereas the opposite effect was happening in Europe and Japan where the public demanded smaller and smaller cars. And obviously, this is due to the fuel economy standards that are just completely different between the U.S. and Europe or Japan. Europe and Japan has higher standards in comparison to the U.S., but I think in general, it also represents how each country view downsizing or minimalism. I mean, obviously, we all know that minimalism, you can see it more implemented in Japan in comparison to the U.S., and you can see it from their... um, living space, their houses as well. And I think uh, the same can be said about the UAE, where I am living now. And I think there is always this constant comparison of Dubai with uh, lavish and luxurious living. And a lot of people perceive living in Dubai as anything but minimalist. And to some extent, that's probably true. I mean, there is a very high convenience of living here and everything is just so accessible. But at the same time, I'm not going to lie, there is actually a high level of of consumerism here. Now, just reflecting back on myself, um, I am living in what some would refer to as a medium-sized two-bedroom apartment. But at the moment, I'm just living with myself and my cat and my dog. Now, mind you, one of the reasons why I got the two-bedroom apartment was because I used to have friends or family coming over from overseas. And it was always nice to have a spare room, you know. However, I think that ever since COVID, that occurrence has actually reduced a lot. And I never thought about it until recently, probably because I was just so used to all the space that I had and I was living here for years. Um, I never thought about it. Now, I mean, recently due to work situations, I am considering a move. Uh, Now, as I was just thinking to myself, when I was looking around my apartment after all these years I spent here, I just realized that I have accumulated so much stuff. Like, I have so much stuff that I've accumulated within less than eight years. And the realization of this, like, really hits me. 
do I really need all this space and all this stuff? It's like, even though I try so hard to live a sustainable life, I think this part of my life, I mean, this major part of my life is anything but sustainable. Now, uh, there was a study done in Oslo, Berlin, and Paris, and I will include the link on the descriptions, um, where they found that 50% of households in these three European capital cities are actually occupied by single residents. And I think with how human behavior is, you know, individualism and everything, with how human behavior is shifting towards, and also the rising income of individuals, you know, the actual number of single occupant households is predicted to rise substantially in the coming decades. Now, the problem is that smaller households, along with the trend that is going on towards, you know, larger homes and houses, inevitably, I think, uh, will affect energy and resource consumption. And not only that, it will also affect domestic waste and production of greenhouse gases as well. I mean, we know that larger homes usually means a higher energy consumption. A larger home will obviously need more lights, more AC, and more power for all the appliances. Now, depending on how you get this energy, it does produce carbon. I mean, some significantly higher than others. Larger homes may also produce more waste and sewage as well. On the other hand, a smaller space will have fewer or smaller appliances and will in fact reduce energy consumption and will also mean less space to heat or cool. So your heating and ventilation costs should drop significantly. So on a personal level, I really did start to evaluate my own lifestyle. I mean, in the municipality electricity and water bill, or what we hear, we call it Dewa bill in Dubai. Uh, it also shows how your energy consumption rates compare to others. And although I am still in the average category, you know, uh, of course, I want to always try to continuously improve myself and my consumption in so many ways. And if you are like me, who's very concerned about sustainability, who who wants to strive to live a more sustainable life, obviously you, you're going to want to try to continuously improve yourself as well and your consumption. Now, I probably will not shift to a multi-occupant household anytime soon, but I think as a single occupant household, there must be ways in which I can improve my quality of life whilst reducing my carbon footprint. So basically today, I want to share with you guys um, on some things I have learned about downsizing and minimalist living and the steps we can take to head towards that direction. I mean, now mind you, this is all based on a research I have done and hopefully I am going to take these steps, these steps towards it over the next few weeks. So hopefully later on, I can update you guys on how my journey is going. Uh, but before that, have you guys ever heard of like tiny homes? So on Netflix, I like watching this show called Tiny House Nation, where people have drastically changed their homes from like 2,000 square feet or 3,000 square feet homes to a minimalist 400 square foot home, you know? And while watching the show, I thought about getting one of those containers and transforming it into a tiny home. But however, guys, there is a movement. There is something called a tiny home movement. And what it essentially advocates uh, is for downsizing living spaces, simplifying, and essentially living with less. Now, while tiny housing primarily represents cheap housing or simple living, the movement itself 
also sells uh, as a potentially eco-friendly solution to the existing housing industry. And when we look at tiny houses, this concept isn't new. You guys look at igloos in the Arctic or yurts in Mongolia or teepees in North America. You know, people have been living in these small homes for centuries. But nowadays, people are living in much, much larger homes, which are usually permanent. And these tiny portable homes are basically a thing of the past. You know, tiny house seems in general to be very daunting in this day and age. And I am sure we all heard I mean, we all have heard the saying, bigger is better. So the concept of, of tiny homes is anything but that. So it turns out that there are many benefits to the tiny home movement and the tiny life philosophy. And of course, there are many different reasons why people join the movement. I mean, mainly being financial or environmental concerns. But this philosophy, I think, goes deeper than that. I think it also involves like simplifying your lifestyle as well as being mindful of our consumption habits and obviously the effect of the movement works in the favor of sustainability and the environment but in terms of mental health downsizing or minimalist living is about living more living a more engaged life with the luxury of time you know not luxury of things the luxury of time to do the things that you really want now, if you were like me who is considering downsizing or minimalist living, let's take a look at the things that we can do to take that step. So the first step is decluttering. Yeah, so to me, this is a very, very daunting and exhausting process. This is the step that's probably going to take the longest. Here, during the decluttering phase, is you got to Marie Kondo everything, okay? So that means taking out each little thing and seeing if it sparks joy. Now, I know this may end up uh, in you throwing away a lot of things. And I hope that you don't think that it's uh, an out of sight and out of mind uh, mentality. But I would advise like as much as possible, please, to also consider where you are throwing these things. And as much as possible to not throw away waste in a landfill. And if it's possible, you know, you guys can donate your old stuff to the less fortunate. Or you can sell items that you think may still have value for others. So again, going back to decluttering. Okay, decluttering can do a lot for your storage space. And I think the best way to approach this is to focus on essentials, like what it is that you really need. So for example, this is probably going to be my own like mental note, but... You know, it can be something like you realizing that maybe you don't need 10 sets of dishes, cutleries, or glassware. Maybe two to three sets are enough. Maybe you don't need 20 pairs of shoes. Maybe five pairs is enough. And at the end of the day, I think the practice becomes more than just decluttering your home and your space. But at the same time, you get to declutter your obligations, your social life, and your stress as well. So what do you do after you have decluttered? And I think we talked about this a minute ago. So anything you guys can donate, sell or recycle, please do so. And when you sell something, I think it's so, so necessary to sell items that are in good condition so that they don't end up in a landfill unnecessarily before their time. You know, so for example, I also realized that I have so many books. So in my case, I'm starting to send my old books to a place here in Silicon Oasis called Bookends. It's basically a used bookshop 
you know, where you can sell your old books and you can choose to get money or store credits in exchange. And I am sure that there are so many bookshops around you that you will find them wanting to buy your old books. I'm also starting to sort out my clothes and sending them to thrift shops around the city. Again, they can give you money or store credits in exchange. And I think if you do have to throw them away, you can think and ask if the items can be recycled or not. Now, I definitely know that most recycling plants, depending on where you are, uh, where you are will recycle the basics. Paper, metal, plastic. And if you're not sure if they will recycle old clothes, I actually found out recently that there are uh, some clothes recycling bins collections points here in Dubai. I mean, there is a company here called Kiswa that focus on recycling textiles. And thankfully, there is also electrical recycling points as well here around the city. I am sure wherever you are listening from in the world, there is probably a recycling plan for everything. And information right now is so readily available online. So please, please, please do check out your options. It's always a much better option than throwing something into the landfill. And maybe you never know. When you do, uh, when you see something that you want to throw away, instead of throwing it away, maybe you can also consider upcycling or repairing. I mean, just because your shirt has a hole in it doesn't mean that it can't be patched or sewn, right? And instead of throwing away a broken chair, maybe you can refurbish it or an even like a broken electrical item that can be repaired or rewired. I mean, I think you guys will need to list everything out and maybe get some professional help. Uh, and who knows, you know, it may save resources and money in the long run. So that's about uh, decluttering and also uh, donating, selling and recycling. And the last step, but definitely not the least step, is if you are in a transition like I am and you are considering the move, you can always choose a smaller and more energy efficient home. For me, it's considering homes that can help you save energy and reduce carbon footprint. For example, maybe you can consider large windows so that you can save electricity in the daytime. I mean, you can choose buildings with better insulation, or maybe if you're lucky, you can move into a home that has solar panels, which will uh, definitely reduce your energy consumption and costs. If you are building like a new sustainable home, um, maybe you can consider using sustainable materials, you know, like bamboo, reclaimed wood, uh, recycled glass. You know, these materials are so, so eco-friendly and they grow rapidly and you can definitely help to, re- it can, it can definitely help to reduce your carbon footprint. And maybe to reduce your water usage as well, you can also consider like installing these, um, Uh, You know these shower heads, but they have like low kind of flow. So it's like a low flow shower heads or bidets. And these kind of shower heads or bidets will help you reduce water usage. Oh, and also don't forget to to check for leaks. Because obviously, if you have a leak, it will affect directly to your water consumption as well. So, and I think not only that, but if you have like a lot of stuff like me, and you can look at efficient storage solutions as well. Maybe you can choose furniture with built-in storage as well as, you know, wall-mounted shelves that will help you utilize more of your vertical space. And I think not just in furnishing, um, but even maybe in the way we utilize water sources. So for example, this probably will not apply much in the Middle East, but if you are lucky enough 
to live in an area where you have rain, maybe you can collect rainwater to water your indoor plants, you know? Uh, honestly, there is definitely something that I want to do in my new place. And that is to make, like, I want to make these little, this little comfortable book nook in my house, you know, with one single sofa and just like books on, um, on the sides. And I think the upside to this, to this uh, downsizing and the minimalist living is that it will actually push you uh, to the corner and puts you in a situation where you have to be more creative and you have to start thinking out of the box solutions, which in turn will actually reflect who you are, you know, your own style, your own space and a place that you create that will make it unique and uniquely you, you know. Well, um, guys, I think I have mentioned everything at the moment. And honestly, it's already, um, I think, almost 20 minutes. Um, but I think the takeaway for today is that downsizing or minimalist living can be a great solution to reducing our carbon footprint in this world. And in order to make a difference, and I think definitely uh, is that to truly downsize, we really need to confront our addiction to consumption. And honestly, it's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough because we are creatures of habit and habits are not going to be easy to break. I think it has given me like anxiety thinking about it. Like I was asking myself, oh, how am I going to survive without a balcony? Or how am I going to survive without a second bedroom? But, you know, the more I think about the impact of my choices, I feel that my anxieties are slowly being pushed to the back of the room. So maybe doing this podcast itself was sort of like therapy for me as well. So thank you guys for listening. Um, but I think the fear itself, um, the anxiety and the fear itself, is also a positive reminder that we're ready. You know, we are ready to step out of our comfort zone and we are ready to make a change. But yes, I do totally understand. Like, I, I totally understand that the older we get and the more money we make, we do tend to want more, you know, more money, more things, and more of everything. But take a look at it this way. Instead of focusing more on the materialistic things, maybe we can focus more on something else. Like, why don't we want more clean energy, more clean air to breathe? Why don't we want more space for trees and parks, more habitat for wildlife, and more quality instead of quantity, you know? So remember, guys, it's the steps we do every day that counts. And from our actions, we can definitely make a difference in this world and make it a better place to live in. And that's all for me for this episode. And if you have any comments, questions, or if you feel that there are things that need to be corrected or there are topics to raise, do send me a message on Instagram at the dot conscious dot toucan and i hope that you all have a great week ahead and see you next time bye